Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast for the love of the Sox, hosted by Nick Borowski and Pat Hester. Hey Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 82. I am Nick Morowski. Uh so happy to have you along. Thank you for uh, joining us for subscribing for passing this Chicago White Sox podcast along we really appreciate it uh, we're doing it for the love of the Sox this is just classic fan-centric Sox chatter and I'm going to bring in my co-host in just a second uh, you can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcasts subscribe and every new episode will come into that inbox you can find us also on the ShyCitySports.com site, uh, take a look at that site, especially uh, for some other Chicago-centric content. Uh, they've got a few other podcasts there, and we are one of them. A lot of great Chicago sports stuff over there at ShyCitySports.com. Uh, Pat Hester, hello, sir. You ready to talk some socks? Man, I'm ready for you. I just, I, I do have uh, some breaking news, which you uh-huh. know, normally isn't good for a podcast because it's recorded and it'll, people listen when they want. But breaking news, everybody, uh, it's uh-huh. snowing and it's cold outside. <laughs> I just, I just want to make sure that uh, you know it's big news around here yeah. because it, it yeah. really rarely happens apparently <laughs> yeah it's uh the winter is going to be cold it's going to be long and it's going to last forever and but it'll you sure... know we're, it, it'll make that that first game when we go to and we're going to talk about going to games mm-hmm. when it's yeah. when it's 85 degrees we've got about five or six hot dogs and onions in our bellies <laughs> stroll around that ballpark together for the first time and what stroll seems like forever yeah well that's what we like to do we like to stroll yeah. arm in uh-huh. arm just taking a look around <laughs> um, it'll, it'll make that day even a greater day so yeah the yeah. warmer days are ahead yeah i sure hope so we've got some uh, some good news uh, with the spring training stuff and uh, hopefully that leads to good news for regular season we'll talk to that in a little bit uh we've got um we've got some tim anderson stuff uh, he kind of went off and uh and uh, voiced his opinion as he's been known to do lately on this upcoming season and how he has been viewed as a shortstop and uh, we're going to start with some predictions uh, here, Pat. Pat, before we even st- we get into these predictions, uh, I think I know the answer, but uh, I'll just let you go ahead and say you you don't put a lot of weight or, or into these predi- uh, projections and predictions, do you? Well, you know, when you're looking at these, like Pakoda, we're going to talk about Pakoda, and, yeah. and it's all it, it's all you know stats and players ages and everything's put into a computer and it spits out mm-hmm. these numbers. Mm-hmm. It, I don't put a lot of stock into it. Cause yeah, sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're way off. It is yeah. what it is. It's just a prediction that a, that a computer is making. And if you look even across other areas, you look in the, in the other, you know, in the NL central, you can't mm-hmm. tell me with what the brewers have done, that that team is the best team in that division. Not after yeah. the Cardinals got Arenado. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, and yeah, you've got yeah. and you've got the Cubs winning more games than us. And this isn't a Cubs or Sox thing; it's just showing where the two uh, the two teams mm-hmm. are at in their mm-hmm. in their progress of a, of either a retool or rebuild, and an ascension yeah. towards you know playoff contention every year after year. So, yeah. I, you know, it is what it is, and you never know. And we can look at it at the end of the year, and let's say there's some terrible injuries that happen, and and, and whatever. 
And yeah, we could end up with with the 83 wins that this thing predicts. But I, I just don't see it with the with the team we have. And we've, you know, wrung our hands and gnashed our teeth over the, the mm-hmm. lack of aggressiveness lately in the free yeah. agent market. But it doesn't take away yeah. from the fact that this is still a really damn good ball club. And it's a lot yeah. better than 83 wins, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, well said. Um, uh, that that is where Pakota's at for the Sox is uh, is around eighty three wins, third place in the AL Central, which just seems ridiculous, especially after what's been going on with Cleveland. I just can't even uh, imagine finishing uh, behind Cleveland in the division. Um, MLB predictions and their projections, you know, they they got us at eighty three and seventy nine uh, following Pakota. And what they came out with earlier this week. Um, so I, I went back and I took a look. You know, last year you can't really, you know, you can't, uh, you can't look at those projections. And uh, that was such a weird year uh, with everything that happened with the shortened season. But I went back to 2019, and uh, Picote had the Sox uh, winning 70 games, and the Sox ended up winning 72 games. Uh, so there was a two-game difference. And then I went back to 2005, uh, and these are always fun. Uh, well, you know, my definition of fun is different than other people's, but <laughs> this, this to me, I, I like going back to see where, well, where did Sports Illustrated say, you know, this was years ago when like Sports Illustrated one was, was the big predictor of everything. Now every website and every engine has got their own projections. But what Pakoda said about the 2005 Sox, they, they were going to finish in third place in the division and they were projected to win 80 games in 2005 and they eventually um uh, did not only win 80 games they won more and did some other fun things uh, in that season so uh you know you're measuring with all these different things you're crunching these numbers and and this is what uh i have argued with uh, the the lineup so if you if you remove a few layers and you look at uh, an everyday lineup and we get angry and we just, you know, uh, you know, this guy is, is this guy's war after the sixth inning is this. And, uh, you know, this guy against lefties uh, in the eighth is this. He should be hitting over here. And and look at how this guy's getting out of base and the run scores and in calculation. And, and this should be my lineup. And and I hey, numbers have a place but you know then why are why is there a manager in the dugout uh, in the in the anymore just put he should have a big computer and he should just put in all of the numbers for the for his roster he's like okay i want to go with these guys today computer show me what my lineup should be you know you know what here's what i envision i envision the, 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 the manager in the other dugout as a younger manager and he's got like i know you're not a marvel fan but he's got like the tony right. stark uh looking computer where it's all it, it's like virtual reality and he's uh-huh. swiping things and pulling things in out of the air and it's like you know some type of uh I, you know, hylogri- not hylogrific, you know, some type of cool yeah. thing going on over there. And swiping hologram, and, hologram. That's thank you. And, <laughs> and then there's then there's Egyptian. Tony, <laughs> and there's Tony, and he's got like the big supercomputer behind him that's that's feeding out papers, and it's yeah. like as big as the entire dugout. Who was the Who was the professor from The Simpsons? Like a Professor Frank or something, or Frank <laughs> who would just always be trying to you know run algorithms uh, of what's going to happen, uh, whether it's a mayoral race or a Super Bowl, and. Uh, 
I, I mean, I, I just, I can't, I know Th- this podcast was pretty much founded on more of a just fan centric, less fan graphy type of attitude. And those numbers have a place. I get it. You, you have to acknowledge them. And, uh, you know, we, we use it to talk about uh, a player's success, uh, a player's decline and, you know, uh, where to be. But but to just solely rely on this is what I'm getting the feeling Pakoda's doing. Like, and, and they, you know, they obviously aren't going – you can't tap into what uh, our man, Hawk Harrelson, uh, would say, the TWTW. You can't – you can't – you can't quantify the, the will to win. Yeah, it, 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 not at all, not even close. And sometimes I just I'm curious. OK, so you saw and as as I'm sure you did, as I did uh, on Twitter and Facebook, the reactions to these types of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just goodness. I just wonder if it's somewhat of a yeah, well, what the, the computer said this. Well, let's knock it down a little bit because it'll cause some conversation. And and then you get the conversation, people talking about Pakoda, going to check it out. I just yeah. wonder sometimes if that kind of stuff is clickbait. Because I'll, I'll tell you the other thing. Mm-hmm. When you look at like mm-hmm. the, the, the quote-unquote power rankings that are put out, ESPN. Power rankings. Oh, now we're talking about it. And people are all upset because I think we were number six behind the Twins and either in yeah. baseball or, yeah, or in the American sure. League. That mm-hmm. seems to be, to me, more realistic, a power rankings of – these are the teams that we're looking at. We're not really looking at a, you know, this guy's uh, 34 years old in, in six months. And yeah, everybody, every pitcher at 34 years and six months drops off another mile per hour yeah. on their fastball. So that yeah. equates into a quarter of a win's loss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to do it. I mean, this is a business for people. Yeah, they they are going to sell uh, online subscriptions, magazines. They're going to get clicks on their articles, and they are going to make money because of these uh, projections. Um, I mean, the Sox aren't the only team that got slighted. I think the the Braves were uh, looked at yeah. to finish fourth in their division, which is kind of ludicrous yeah. if you've been following what's going on with that franchise. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, – I. Oh, I definitely pay attention to it because it's Sox related. And uh, if they had the Sox winning the division and, and winning 95 games, and I think I would have been through the, you know, through the roof. But I also, I, I have to believe I would have been tempered. I would have said, "Wow, it's this is a ridiculous way of uh, estimating teams and what's going to happen." And then if you, and if you get it right or in the ballpark, I think it's just a happy mistake. It's like wow, you I, get you guessed right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think I think the better thing to look at, if you want to look at any kind of projections on wins and losses, you're better off to look at Vegas. Vegas doesn't get things wrong very often. You want to look at an over under. I don't know what the over under is in some of the major casinos. That to me is is more of a realistic look at each team's win projections because mm-hmm. these these things I, I don't I don't trust it. Not that you should trust a bookie, but I would, I would when predicting sports, I would trust Vegas over. <laughs> over uh, I, I some... only, I only trust my bookie <laughs> when making critical decisions. Um, I, my brother did go to Vegas recently over the last couple months, and he put money down on the socks for me. I'll have to, I've got the tickets somewhere, you know. I'll have to look at what the odds were, but it, it's good. I mean, they're liking the socks, I believe. Yeah, so I like them better. I like them better. Some um, nerds and with their computers, I'll take um, the, 
I'll take yeah, the Sharps. I, yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough for me to put a lot of stock into it. And then, you know, you you we, we think about, you know, I referenced the 2005 Sox, and there's a lot of different teams. I, I look at – uh, I look at you know what the Nash the Nationals did a couple of years ago, where they went they went from a floundering team to uh, you know the World Series champions um, with probably not the most amount of talent. I mean the Dodgers in the National League have been the projected winner probably over the last what five years. You know every yeah. year Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers. And for the last couple of years, Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. And it doesn't work out that way because there are injuries, there's chemistry, there's, there, you know, there's, there's gut feelings that need to be made by human beings. And then there's effort and there's things that need to click and teams need to come together and gel like the 2005 team did, like other teams have done recently that didn't look like favorites on paper. So, um, it's tough for us to sit here and say, well, you know, I mean, it's so subjective. The Sox are going to win 90 games. I think the Sox can win 90 games this year. Based on what? Just based on what I've watched over the last four or five years. And then closely uh, this last year where you saw the maturation uh, of, of guys, you know, like Tim Anderson and uh, Abreu's dominance and, uh, Robert and, and Giolito and hoping that Mankata is healthy from the COVID stuff. And, uh, you know, Aloy and, and Lynn stays healthy and Keiko can kind of come back to what we want him to be. Mr. Consistent eating innings that, you know, that just, I don't know. I think when you consume a lot of anything, you can be a pretty good predictor, you know, you know what I mean by mm-hmm. that? Yeah, no, I agree. And I also enjoy, I, I like when you ask yourself a question and you answer <laughs> That's that is something that um, I love about you. <laughs> That's pretty much before I log on with you and, and we start. I sit through and I've got fifteen questions that I ask myself and I answer just to kind of get ready for the show. So that's your a little bit. <laughs> your, your wife, I, you know, I feel like she needs like a, a big hug when when COVID's over. I'm mean, like, I'm sorry. That uh, that this is still happening. I'm in my basement right now, but that's why this that's another reason why this (laughs) podcast started, and why I think a lot of podcasts start is folks just do you know their significant others are like you need to get away from me with all of this. Just start talking into a microphone, and maybe someone out there in podcast world wants to like hear your thoughts. But I am done hearing your thoughts on on the socks. (laughs) And thankfully, you, Pat, are interested uh, in hearing these thoughts, and I like to hear your thoughts, so it works out. Excellent. It does. It's a pretty good deal. Um, So we're talking about TWTW, and we got to talk about TA, because Tim Anderson uh, went on, I think, Chuck's uh, podcast this week, or at least, you know, sat down for an interview, and it was written about, and uh, the audio was available and a, a bunch of different uh, topics, and T.A. kind of went off, which he is, is doing. Uh, T.A. is not the shy uh, player anymore. Uh, we saw it over the last couple of years, his actions. Uh, he's got an attitude about him, which I love, and uh, you consumed some of this information this past week, right? Well I, well, I think the thing that I pulled out of it that I liked the most is when he talked about the attitude of the team last year and where they're at, because I think the – a lot of the worry that I think Sox fans had is when, you know, when, when Ricky was dismissed, 
there, there was, there was, the, there. What is the reason Ricky's being dismissed? Because the attitude of the ball club yeah. isn't where it needs to be. And you thought, okay, well, is that gonna, is that gonna, you know, go over well with the team that seems happy go lucky and they enjoy mm-hmm, each other mm-hmm. and the chemistry is good. Now you're telling yeah. us that we're not doing it the right way. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I love how Tim Anderson comes in and he talks about we don't have enough dog in us. Yeah, and he wants to go yeah. out there and and spread it to everybody in that ball club that today that yeah. team we're going to go out and kick their ass. Yeah, and if yeah. we're down ten runs in the first inning, or I don't, I'm, I'm I'm probably butchering his exact quotes. But if we're down ten runs in the first inning, it doesn't matter. We're going to still keep coming after you. Yeah. So I, I think that's a great attitude, and I think that's the attitude they wanted when they brought in Larusa. Believe mm-hmm. it or not, and and now it seems like that hiring. We'll see, you know, the, the mm-hmm. proof will be in the pudding that mm-hmm. that hiring of, and then changing the attitude, not that they can't have fun, but you got to have that killer instinct. And, and I love that a leader on the team and Tim Anderson knows it, feels it, and it's going to spread it to the rest of the group. Yeah, I, I love that there was no uh, holding back with uh, his thoughts on where the Sox are in the central. I mean, he came out and just said, wait. It's laughable to think that we're not the favorites in the central. And uh, you, I, I enjoy, you know, getting to know what players think, like truly their feelings, their gut feelings. And uh, you don't get that a lot because, you know, everything's going to be taken out of contest context and uh, bulletin board material. And you don't want to give a team, you know, just any motivation, but uh, I like TA just coming out and saying, Hey, we are the favorites. Look at our lineup. Look at what we've done. And then he went off on his ranking, uh, you know, as a shortstop. Uh, ESPN, I think, or Major League Baseball, who, who knows, put out uh, the, you know, ranked, uh, rated every shortstop in Major League Baseball, which is a ridiculous, again, like, okay. And he was ranked 10th, and uh, yeah. which I'm not going to complain to. I mean, his defense has been a little suspect, and okay, maybe – you could put him at uh, above Javi Baez and put him maybe eight or nine, but he was at 10. Okay. But he was not happy with that. Uh, well, he thought, you know, that that was crazy. And uh, you know what? I hope that's a chip on his shoulder. Uh, yeah, he, it, I, I, you know, go ahead. You know, I was just going to say, I hope it motivates him to, to being even better. We, you know how athletes are wired sometimes, Nick, and what motivates them. We, yeah. we all watched the last dance oh, sure. last year <laughs> and saw yeah. what motivated yeah. MJ. Some just crazy, even made up things. So, so, <laughs> so players are going to glean. They're going to glean the things that that motivate them. And Tim Anderson yeah. seems like a highly motivated person. And you know yeah. why. You know why he was. Yeah. You know why he was ranked tenth, and it's because of his defense. Yeah. And, and how it yeah. can be. Uh. You know. I don't want to call it lackadaisical because I don't think it's a, a lack of effort. I just don't, I, I just don't know. Sometimes you just don't put it together on the routine stuff and, and the errant throws. And if that's something that get cleaned up, he can be a top five shortstop in this league, in yeah. my opinion, with, yeah. with the, with the hitting that he can do and the power yeah. and the, and yeah. the speed. I mean, mm. he's got everything else. It, I think it's yeah. the defense that holds him back. It's been footwork over the years. He just doesn't look like he's in the right spot at the right time, which has caused, you know, a hurried up throw to first, you know, but also, you know, not to uh, counter what I just say, sometimes he has all the time in the world and he just throws uh, a missile. uh, just an out of range missile to Abreu at first. So I I think it's, it was cleaned up last year. Uh, Mm -hmm. Problems aren't, 
uh, solved completely, nor is he going to be a perfect defender. I, I don't know if he's ever going to win a gold glove. Um, I, can't, I can't envision that. But I can say he's going to be above average shortstop defender if he continues to trend the way he's been trending over the last year and a half, two years. Staying healthy is key. But you could just get the sense now. And remember how we how we looked at that lineup last year when he was hurt, Pat. And you mm-hmm. didn't have Anderson in that lineup starting things off. And it was a it was a duller lineup. But he's got to be in there. He has to be in there now. I mean, yep. he, he this is a guy that we need to have on the team, not just as window dressing, but this guy gets things started. He can set the table, and he can keep dry uh, rallies going. And I love what he said about, you know, we scored 10 runs in the first inning. Don't take your foot off the gas. You and I have been saying that for a long time with Sox yep. teams. They're, they're, they get complacent with maybe scoring five or six runs, and uh, they leave the bases loaded you know, with one out and and they can't muster, muster up another run. It's like, Oh, well, we got our five runs. No, don't stop, man. Bury that team, bury them early. And uh, that's the attitude we're looking for. And this team can, this team has it. They've got the tools for it. Uh, So I I was really excited to hear some of those things. I know you are, you brought it up to me and I, and I went back and, and, uh, you know, I'd see some of the articles, but I, I went back and I, I listened to some of the audio and uh, uh, it, it gets you juiced, man. And in, in these cold days, as you'd mentioned, these snowy, cold, repetitive days, it, it gets you excited to know pitchers and catchers are reporting soon. Opening day, if it stays on track, is a month and a half away. I mean, here we come. Yeah. And that's a, going back to it, Nick, that's the, that's the best thing about a, a podcast or, or a forum like that. When a guy, when a player can come on and talk and speak yeah. freely and, and show you a little bit of his personality and what he thinks it's different than when you get obviously in a press conference after a game, especially a zoom press conference where here's your question. You answer your yeah. question. It's hard to gauge emotion from people. It's, it's, it, it's just not a perfect scenario. And, uh, and that's what you, you, that's, those are the, those are the, the gold that you get out of a podcast mm-hmm. like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, yep. maybe someday we'll, we'll get to that point where we're, yep. we have people on, but you know, take a baby steps right now. Um, no, I, I, I hear you. I think, uh, what all of these different podcasts and, um, you know, uh, blah, I mean, anybody that writes anything or talks about, the socks, and I know it's different in each city for every single team. You know, there's a lot of this going on all over uh, every uh, pro sport. It, it's uh, for me, it's just hey, this is just more information and more excitement for the team that we love and we're passionate about. You know, it's it's doing good for that that team, and it's not always good news. Sometimes it's bad news. Sometimes you have to be critical uh, about your favorite team, but. It's just more information, right? I mean, we were stuck in – you and I came up with sports talk radio. It was like you had like two – you had the score and you had 1,000. And, yeah. and it was – and that was about it. And you knew, you knew ESPN wasn't going to say a damn thing about the Sox. So you had, you know, look local tidbits here and there, but you, you didn't have a lot of access. And, and now we do. And, and you – uh, you heard something on, on ESPN 1000 this week with uh, Darren Jackson, DJ, Ooh. who's going to be uh, the color to uh, Len Casper on, on ESPN 1000 this year for the Sox. It came on to talk a little bit about the Sox, especially uh, uh, Jimenez. 
Yeah, so it was interesting because they asked him, he was on Waddle and Sylvie this past week, and, and they asked DJ you know, where Eloy was and his thoughts because DJ being a, an outfielder in his day, where, where was mm-hmm. Eloy? And it was interesting because DJ said, well, he's not terrible. And I thought, okay, I don't, I, I'd like to know your definition of terrible. And he said he's seen worse out there than people that were completely lost. Uh, and that's I a thought, great advertisement, yeah. DJ, maybe maybe you should just sit this one out. But uh, I think the interesting part is when he talked about Eloy, you know, and working at it and wanting to get better, he said, he told a little story, and it was when uh, DJ was with the Sox and he was playing with uh, Carlos Lee, and they would have Lee and left and then do a defensive replacement at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And and Carlos was satisfied. And, and Darren told him, you know, they're bringing me in because I'm the closer because you can't do this. You shouldn't be happy about this. This is mm-hmm. something you take more pride in and, and yeah. want to be in the the game from the first to the ninth. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, and just that little story, I, I, I yeah. want to believe that Eloy will improve. I want to believe that he'll get better. I, I, I just want him to be aware of where he's at on the, on the field. <laughs> That's, it. I think, <laughs> is that, is that that's not too much to ask for a major league baseball player. Just that, be that aware shouldn't... of where you're at and relatively relative to the walls. Be aware of where you are, you know, as far as mm-hmm. the, the players around you and understand yeah. that your area you have to cover isn't you've, you've got a shortstop and Tim Anderson that can cover some ground. So you don't have to come in like uh, all that far. You've got mm-hmm. a, a you know, a world-class athlete in center field. So you don't really have to do much over there. Here's your area. Just, I, I just would say draw a circle out there for him and go, this is where you can go. If you go outside of this boundary, then just let it go and bounce off the wall and get it off the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially when it gets uh, close to the wall. I I, I can't have him getting his spike caught or or running into the wall and and a high ankle sprain or anything that was happening with him before Uh, it, it, you know, it kind of comes down to a focus issue uh, after watching him for a couple of years now. And there was a player on the North side. I, I was it Castro Starling Castro that, Seemed to have the talent as a what a shortstop or a second baseman. I, I don't remember, mm-hmm. but just didn't have the fo- didn't have the focus and just made yeah. some like bonehead moves and just was almost like checked out during some some plays and they eventually shipped him away, uh, which seemed weird at the time because he was kind of the up and coming guy for the for the uh, Cubs, but. I mean, they're not shipping Eloy any anytime any soon. I mean, it's the offense that we all come to see and watch. Yeah. Um, now, I feel like you're you're just blessed with some skills, man. You are given some talents, and Robert is just. There's no way Eloy is ever going to compete with Robert's just natural instincts yeah. um, and athleticism as a center fielder, or even Engel. Uh, so, like, don't even worry about competing in that in that frame. But yeah. what I think Aloy can do is position himself, you know, his footwork, the angles that he takes on balls, the, the reading right off the bat. That you can study. You mm-hmm. can watch. You can get input. What, if it really is from Daryl Boston, so be it. But, like, he should hopefully be setting him up for success when it comes to a left-handed hitter or a right-handed hitter, whether you're going to shade this way or, you know, you, you, look, at, you look at spray charts uh, from previous – uh, at bats from certain players and if, depending on the inning what they're trying to do how we're pitching this guy 
um, you should have a plan. And, and I, that's what I'm hoping for. At least have a plan, Aloy, and know what to do based on your suggestion, Pat, your surroundings, where you are. And if the ball's hit towards the corner, is that a play that you really think you should make or you should try to make? You don't have those skills. Now yeah. play it off the wall and like, you know, call it a double and like, let's move on with our lives instead of you being on the DL for 15 days. Uh, <laughs> and no celebrating. You can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't, you can't come in and celebrate. You walk and you go into the dugout and that's it. You don't oh, do anything. Uh, yeah. Again, we <laughs> joked around uh, over the, over the years with this podcast of like, he needs just a personal little golf cart to drive out there at the end of the inning and just taxi him back into the dugout and just we can't ha- we can't have you getting hurt at all, uh, you know. We're not, but I, I, I'm hopeful, you know. I'm hopeful uh, again. Like he's not going to win any gold gloves, but I want him to be more than just well. He's not terrible. I want him to be at least mediocre. Do you think he could be mediocre, Pat? I think there's there's a shot for him to be mediocre. I think th- I think this this spring will be very telling to see how much he's worked in the offseason at, at getting better at his defense. And just to watch him just be more comfortable. I, I think if, if he just looks the part yeah. a little bit more. Well, and you know? how are you, Pat? How are you comfortable? It's what you do in the offseason, right? Yeah. It's the preparation. Mm-hmm. When you prepare for anything and you put the practice in, 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 the, in the perfect practice, you're doing things correctly, I think naturally you will feel comfortable, right? Because you've, I've been here before. Like yeah. my body has trained for this. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see. Again, every every time he's out there, he gains a little bit more. He gained a lot last year, you know, playing mm-hmm. in in stadiums for now uh, two years that, that he had never played in before. Coming yeah, yeah, from where he came from, and and you know, we'll we'll kind of see. And and I don't think that he was. I mean, they weren't touting him to be some type of great outfielder when he was in the minors, but I don't think they touted him as being an awful outfielder either. I don't think it was when he was coming up, it's like, well, this guy's destined for a DH. It was this guy's going to be a left fielder, and and he mm-hmm. was adequate. So, again, it's it's the work that you put into it. We'll see what comes out when, when they break yeah. through spring and, and how he looks out there. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I was going to talk a little bit about the uh, AL Central, and I think I might uh, hold off maybe as we get a little closer um, to, you know, through spring training and and just kind of, I want to talk twins eventually. uh, And maybe it's not the right time, but I I do want to talk maybe in the next few weeks on why the twins are still the favorites. Um, And I don't know if we've got enough time to get any of that because we got some other fun stuff together. You all right. If we skip uh, some twins conversation, I'm always fine. If we skip the twins, if if we can (laughs) petition, (laughs) <laughs> to get them out of the division, that would be great. Like I, realignment. I, you know, I despise them uh, with all of my being, but you know, I, I've despised every team in the AL Central, as obviously outside of the Sox, at one point, depending on the era, uh, depending on the year or the decade. And so, I think maybe we get into that. That could be a whole separate section uh, okay. as we get closer okay. to the season. Um, okay. Uh, fun, fun stuff on the horizon here. Spring training uh, is is happening, we're told. Uh, pitchers and catchers reporting, I believe, on the 17th with the first workout on February 22nd. A bunch of uh, non-roster invites came out uh, this past week. Uh, some names you probably have never heard from and some names that sound uh, kind of familiar. Uh, one of the names that uh, well, you kind of almost have to give this guy an invite if he's going to be your DH is, uh, is Vaughn. 
Um, thoughts on uh, on this, how this spring training is shaping up and any follow-up to the Vaughn conversations that we've been having maybe over the last uh, couple weeks. You know, I feel like, Pat, there was this shock from a lot of people like, oh, Vaughn got an invite. Well, if we're being told he's going to be the DH <laughs> uh, in 2021, well, he better get an invite. You yeah, know? it's like oh, just, they, they like him so much. It's just go to go to uh, go to Anaheim now. And just wait there for right. us. <laughs> You're so great. Fun, that... There's some fun stuff to do in the area. Uh, uh, and, and you're just so wonderful. And, and just, just wait there for us. And you just hit. And uh, once us, once the regular, the regulars get there, then we can, then we'll start playing. Yeah, I, you got to invite yeah. the guy. I mean, right. And, and you want to see what he, yeah. we can do. I'm excited to watch mm. him play. And he should yep. get a lot of run, obviously, if they're, they're going to yep. expect him to take that opening day DH uh, spot yeah. that's just kind of been thrown out there. Is, mm-hmm. it, seems, mm-hmm. it seems less rumor now and more reality. And that's yeah, it sure does. Fine. Yeah. If that's the decision that's been made, that's the decision that's been made. Let's see if the king can go out there and just rate for us. So I, I'm excited yeah. to see it. Yeah, I, I'm excited to watch, too. I think there's a ton of pressure on this young man. Uh, if this is the case, uh, if he is going to be the starting DH uh, for this 2021 uh, title-thirsty team, uh, Frank Manichino, hitting coach, World Series or bust. Uh, those were his comments many months ago. And you're going to throw in an, uh, a virtually unproven uh, hitter, a talented hitter out of college, um, can, can hit – uh, but you're going to put him in as the starting DH on this squad. Uh, my hope is that Larusa uh, does not just kind of go and, and let this kid flounder. Uh, you know, we saw what uh, Ricky did with Edwin Encarnacion when he had bad stretches. He just kept him in, which I yeah. thought was a deterrent. It was just not the right move. You know, Edwin was hitting one something and just cold as hell, and you just kept riding Edwin. Well, he wasn't breaking out of his out of his slump. It was that was what he we got from him, you know, a handful of home runs. That was anytime he hit a double, we like you know froze in amazement. Oh my goodness, you know, a productive <laughs> at bat from this guy. I hope that you know Larusa doesn't necessarily do that with Juan. I, I think that would shatter confidence for this guy and make uh, his first season almost unbearable like if he does not get off to and i'm not saying he's got to have have a red hot start like matt davidson did uh several years ago when he he just had an electric start to the season we're like wow we found our dh and then he cooled off and 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 that was kind of it for him um you know i think if vaughn you know and vaughn's going to be tight man he is going to be pressing but if he gets off to like a you know a, a polka like, you know, 0 for 19 or, or 1 for 23 situation, I think you got to sit him down, right? I, I don't think you ride him the whole season. Yeah, I think uh, if you're looking back at Edwin, I mean, he gets the longer leash because he's, he's got some, you know, he's a, he's a veteran and he was 38 years old. Absolutely. And sure. you think, yeah. we're, we're just going to ride this guy. He's our best option. Whether it was right or wrong, Ricky gave, him, gave the veteran the, the benefit of the doubt. I don't think Tony's going to give a kid that's it's what three years out of college the benefit of the doubt to yeah. to work himself yeah. out of a you know over twenty slump. I think he'll sit him down. Yeah. I think he'll he'll try and work him back in and build up his confidence. But I don't think he'll let him just kind of be out there to be a detriment to the lineup and be a hole in the lineup yeah. when 
when he's you know as young as he is so yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's that's kind of apples and oranges with a Vaughn and an and an EE situation. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but then then what's your next option? Then then what are we doing? <laughs> Collins, here? Collins, uh, Jonathan Lacroix. If he makes the team, um, I, I'll tell you what. I those have are, no idea. I those have no those idea. are the two guys. If you're talking spring training, those are the two guys I am most interested in seeing as Zach Collins. And Andrew Vaughn, Lee Croy, it seems to be destined to be the backup catcher, and that's mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. He is he's the perfect backup catcher, if you will. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's the guy that's not going to vie for a ton of starting spots. He's going to knows sell. his place. Knows yeah, his place. That, that's yeah. exactly where you need to be. You, you you just handle the the pitching staff, and you give give our you know our all star catcher a blow when he needs one. So mm-hmm. that's fine, yeah. and, and you're going to have no yeah. controversy or fans wanting the backup catcher to be in the lineup. Uh, that that's yeah. a perfect spot. So I, I am really, really interested to see Zach Collins. I think this is probably the most important spring training uh, for Zach Collins that will happen in his career. Because Absolutely. I, 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 I think he's looking at this as I'm left-handed bat. There's a DH position that hasn't been 100% solved. They want to give mm. it to this kid. And I'm mm. going to show the reason I am the answer. I'm your left-handed power. I'm your yeah. DH ready to go. And I can also – catch if you need a, a three catcher situation given the dog days of summer and and, and yeah, you gotta yeah. give guys some rest so you gotta have depth yeah I, and, and competition at that spot between two young guys that have a lot of promise it, it, not a bad mm-hmm. thing nick it, it, we all yeah. want the, the the proven to go out and spend millions of dollars on the on the free agent that didn't happen it's never going to happen i'm excited mm-hmm. to see the young talent that they say that they have go out and battle it out on the field and see, you know, what we have. Yeah. And and there's some young talent, especially arm wise. And I know there's a lot of people that don't like to hear me say this, but that, that talent, that arm talent is basically uh, trade bait. Uh, When we get to the trade deadline uh, later this summer and the Sox are in contention and they are looking for one or two more pieces to put them over the edge uh, for the playoff push. Some of these guys, uh, some of these arms, I'm not saying it's going to be Kelly or Stever, but, you know, it might be. I mean, that's the makeup. That is you sell high when you've got a young stud in your system. And, you know, you know these teams aren't going to want Berger. Uh, they're not going to want uh, Collins necessarily. They're going to look at some of these guys that you have that the Sox hopefully will showcase a little bit in the spring maybe. And uh, they'll be in they'll be in Triple A or they'll be in Double. They'll be making some noise. Maybe they get a little bit of uh, MLB action. And then, hey, I think this team's going to have to be active at the trade deadline. I know that's a long ways away, and a lot of things have to happen. But um, if you are there and you think uh, you're going to be playing well through October, you got to do something at the deadline, right? I think so, Nick. And it, and if that's the perfect spot to do it is out of that the the young pitchers that we have in our system because it seems to be like the the best thing the Sox do in that organization is bring up young pitchers and and quality arms and guys that they can flip. You know, yeah. the the things that we don't do well are flipping, you know, flipping our our talented uh, position players. So, uh, and, and you know, you can get the most back for for young pitching so i'm yeah. with you there i i you know i've probably and i'll self-accuse myself of falling in love with guys and getting too uh, afraid or timid to 
to make a move when it's, you know, when it can improve the, the everyday club and worrying about what mm. assets are. But yeah. if, if, if you're in go for it mode and, and I, and I say that because I feel strongly about the Sox being able to replenish it because again, yes. they, they do that very well. If you get rid of a couple of young arms, I feel confident that they'll get young arms to put, put in the, put in the ground and plant and grow in, in their place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cactus League uh, schedule is out. Uh, tickets are going to go on sale February 20th. There's going to be, uh, I believe it's like an 18% uh, capacity uh, for the stadium in Glendale, which comes out to like, what, 2,300, 2,400 of the 13,000 available seats. Um, that's good news. That's promising news. Uh, if you've ever been out to spring training, you realize that those games aren't um, very well attended to begin with, especially if they're during the week. Uh, the Cubs-Sox games are different. The weekend games are different. But, I mean, if they're putting 2,400 people in there and most people are out on the lawn spread out uh, as usual, uh, I think it's workable. And it's, it's a good sign. You know, there's going to be limited, limited engagement with fans if no engagement i don't think there's going to be like autographs and photos and anything you're not only you're going to be able to get close to the players uh there's going to be limited food vendors i think it's cashless um you, know, you can't bring bags into the stadium uh how does how do you feel like this will translate then to regular season path do you have a gut feeling uh, the what we're hearing now about spring training but will it be good news for uh April 8th, when opening day hits uh, Chicago here? I'm feeling more and more confident. The reason is, Nick, you look where the state of Illinois is with opening bars and restaurants back up to a certain capacity. In my opinion, you can't do that and not allow a stadium that's open air to open up to some sort of capacity. And uh, I I just feel like if you want to put the, the restrictions in there, fine. We've got two months uh, before we get to opening day or just about, you know, or a little bit mm-hmm. less than that. The, yeah. the, the more time goes by, the more and more people will have been vaccinated. The, mm-hmm. the, we'll start moving into a different phase again. And, and I just yeah. feel like you can't tell me the places that have ha- allowed people in their stadiums, places that have football stadiums and places that have hockey arenas. I don't know. You can't. Is there any correlation that they're in a worse spot than anybody else? Right, so if you do it right. the right way, I think you can, you should be in our state, honestly, and I, I'm no expert on this. I, just, I usually get it from, from uh, my, the, the sleuth in our house, my wife, who just gets me up to speed on the current events. Cause <laughs> she'll, she'll let me know as soon as I get done with work, where everything is at in the world. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we're at a, I think we're at a, a 3% positivity rate as of the other day. Yeah. And, and, and we're, we're in a good spot. It probably helps that it's been like, one degree out every day nobody leaves their home but yeah. i'll tell you what i feel pretty good about where we're it seems like we're headed and yeah i, I think a 25 percent capacity to start the season is is uh is doable i know mayor but well you should be you should really you should work on that uh i i think it's logistics you know you think about okay how do we do this? What, do we prioritize season ticket holders? Is there a lottery for the other games? Uh, what do we do about parking? Is there tailgating allowed? You know, uh, how are we going to handle the Shy Sacks Bar and Grill? Is, is that going to work at 50 cent per capacity? How are we going to handle that? Uh, how are we going to do concessions? What does the bathroom situation look like? Uh, 
you know, are we going to allow people to just wander the concourse? Uh, you're definitely going to have masks on at all times. It's like, can, bat, can you come into the stadium early for batting practice? Probably not. They want to limit the amount of time fans are actually all together. I think there's just a bunch of, uh, you know, and then there's been no baseball stadium aside from the playoffs that conquered any of these uh, hurdles last year. And so I think there's a lot to think about. Is it doable? Absolutely. I think they're going to see how spring training goes, but I have not heard uh, of any, you know, single season tickets going on sale for the Sox for the regular season. And normally this is around the time where you get that email blast of, Hey, Friday noon, single season tickets go on sale. I have not received any of that information. Yeah, it doesn't. I think they're just waiting for a little bit more direction, obviously, from from the city and the state on, on what they can and can't do, and rightfully so. But it, it to me, it feels like it just feels like it's it's got to be time, right? It's got to be a situation well, where we can do this. It, it feels like it, but then this will be the last thing. I'll, I'll get you out on this. If you don't go to games, though, like right off the bat, April, May, uh, and, and the season's going on, you, you can watch the games on TV or consume them uh, however you want to consume them because we know that there's you know a dozen different ways to do it. Are you feel like you're missing out, you personally as a fan? Um, you know, like it's first if it's every, it's different for everybody. Yeah, um, like, I, I I miss going to baseball games, Nick. I, I sure I yeah. love football, but you could I could watch football on TV. Just to, yeah, I, I enjoy that experience even more than going to the game. Going to a, a Bears yeah. game is uh is a it's like one it's like work. The whole the whole thing is, is work, <laughs> and yeah. and the payoff yeah. usually yeah. isn't all that great. A baseball game that's <laughs> that is that's where my heart belongs. It's yeah. somewhere at a baseball yeah. game. So many mm-hmm. great experiences. That's beautiful. You, that should that should be in a card. That's, That's where my heart be. belongs. I, I really appreciate. <laughs> Happy that. Valentine's Day, White Sox. My heart <laughs> belongs to you. Um, yeah, and my and my wallet. Yeah, usually. But, but yeah, that's I am I am uh, thirsting to get back to a baseball game. Yeah. this year. Yeah. Well, there I and there's some people, and this is completely fine, and I get it. That just live, you know. A, a ways away from Sox Park, and they just don't get to games very often. They don't have the ability to. If they do, it's a big thing. It's once or twice a year, and, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, work schedules and family and this, that, and the other. So, hey, if I can't go to games, no big deal. If they're starting on time, I'm going to watch it on TV, and that's great. At least I could see them. Uh, For you and I, I think uh, we we, uh, trend towards the, I I need to go to games. Uh, That's my connection to the team. I I love the ability to simply watch them and and all the other stuff, but I I just dearly miss being in that stadium and just being in that excitement for, and what you feel like will be an extremely exciting season. So I'm with you on that. uh, And I'm going to be following all that closely. Yep. Yeah. And just think about the, the number of times in college, Nick, that you and I said, well, we're bored. What should we do? We went to a baseball game and, and we That's walked all, up and we, we got tickets and, and that was, yeah. that was our life. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I miss those <laughs> days. Yeah. So, so do I. Um, and I, I'm just, uh, you know, here we are. You're, you're going to go shovel out your area after this. I'm going to shovel my area and I'm just going to be thinking uh, warm thoughts as uh 
as spring training uh, gets closer here in the next few days, and April 1st is around the corner, really. Oh, I can't wait, buddy, and it's exciting, and there's always things to talk about, and I can't wait to talk with you uh, on our next episode. Yeah, hoping for uh, next week. Uh, thank you, folks, so much for being with us once again. We really appreciate you passing along this podcast to other Sox fans and interacting with us on social media, uh, on Twitter, at TB. Uh, we've got a Facebook page as well. Uh, please find us on the ShyCitySports.com uh, website. There's a bunch of uh, Chicago-centric uh, sports information there, all different kinds of teams and podcasts, and we are proud to be a part of, uh, of their White Sox uh, content. Um, listen, everywhere you find podcasts, really subscribe, and every new episode comes into that inbox. Uh, it's been an exciting uh, adventure here and uh, I know this 2021 season is going to be uh, just I, I have a I have a good feeling uh, this is going to be fun stuff uh, so keep uh, stay tuned and pass this along for Pat Hester I am Nick Morowski until next time uh, go Sox.